everyone. Welcome to the Beauty and Behavior Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Sorensen, mother, grandmother, former teacher, and currently supporting parents who want to understand their children's behavior at a deeper level. This is where we talk about changing our perception and limiting beliefs around behavior to a more conscious approach to understanding ourselves, each other, and our most vulnerable population, our children. I share my self-discovery journey and what I've learned along the way and what I'm currently discovering as I continue evolving on this journey. My hope is that as we become more conscious of how we show up for ourselves, our children, and others, that we'll discover the beauty that lies within us all. So I hope you enjoy today's show. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Beauty in Behavior podcast. And today we're going to be talking about something that one of the most frequently asked questions I get or one of the most frequently frequent conversations that I have with parents is how do I get my partner on board? And so I can't believe I haven't done a podcast on this yet, but today we're going to talk about how do you get your partner on board? So if this is a question you've been wondering, then today's episode is for you. So one of the first questions that I ask when someone says, how do I get my partner on board is, what do they need to get on board with? What are the behaviors you're hoping to see in your partner? And usually um, the answers are anywhere from treating the children more respectfully, um, yelling less, being more calm, being less strict, something to that effect. So really getting clear on the specific behaviors you want uh, to see change. And then the second thing is take out your partner and inject I. So you're you're bringing it back around to self. You're self-referencing and bringing it back to you. So rather than how do I get my spouse on board becomes how do I get on board and embodying those very behaviors that you are desiring to see in your partner. Now, this is not a very popular response. Uh, We want other people to change, right? We want them to change. We want our partners to change so our children will be a certain way or won't get messed up or you know whatever that story in our head is so that we don't have to do our own work essentially it comes down to we want other people to do to change so we don't have to so this is our fear there, when we need to get our partner on board, there's a fear there. Something is underneath that. And we're projecting that fear onto our partners. Whatever that fear may be, uh, it may be, you know, they're going to mess up the kids. Um, or I'm, I'm doing all this work to see parenting in another way, and now he's just going to mess it up. 
or she's just going to mess it up. Or maybe it's, I don't want my child to feel a certain way. I don't want my child to end up feeling angry and resentful. Um, Or whatever it is, but these are our fears and they're ours to address and manage. Because here's the deal. We cannot change another person. Not our partner, not our children. And the more we try to do so, the more resistance we get. And here's the deal. You don't need anyone to be any different than they are for you to be okay. Others don't have the power to make your life work or not work unless you give them that power. And when we believe that other people need to change in order for me to be okay, in order for life to go all right for me, that is powerlessness. That we are a victim and we get stuck in this cycle of, of uh, judgment and blame. And when we blame, when we judge our partners, essentially we're judging them for not doing it right or not really not doing it good enough. They're not good enough. They need to do it this way. And that causes a lot of defense. And that's where the resistance comes. So one of the things that I learned from Dr. Bailey early on in my journey of um, having a, a conscious approach to relationships is that in order for, and she was talking about children at that time mainly, but in order for you know children to act differently, we need to treat them differently. And for our ability, for us to be able to treat them differently, we have to see them differently. And we can apply this to our partners as well. In order for them to respond differently, we need to treat them differently. And in order to treat them differently, we need to see them differently. And really before even we can do that, we have to start... Um, we have to see ourselves differently. We have to treat ourselves differently and see yourself differently. And that was what it was such a great impact on me was that when I started applying the skills or the mindset of a more conscious approach, I started to understand myself better. And I started to see myself differently. I started to, um, you know, think about myself differently and, you know, treat myself differently. And then that was what I was then able to offer to others. And so developing a more loving relationship with ourself and being more compassionate with ourself really is the key Uh, to creating the change that we want to see. It's letting go of that judgment for our partners and allowing them to find their own path and to experience 
parenting in their own way. I mean, you're two different humans with different experiences. Um, And my parents were very different in their parenting styles. And so parenting, you know, is really a relationship. So you're going to have a relationship with your child and your child's going to have a relationship with your partner. And they're going to have many relationships in their life. And we live in a culture where, you know, we're always trying to find the right way, right? Do it the right way. Um, Don't do it the wrong way. And it's a very perfectionistic view. And there really isn't a right and wrong way. There's your way. And there's different, you know, ways to, to choose. And you have to choose the path that feels in alignment with, with you. And much of the time, the, our traditional way, the, the, what we have been told is the right way. This is, or, or what we've experienced through our traditional um, system doesn't feel good. A lot of us end up feeling guilty and um, overwhelmed and exhausted. And, you know, we just know that there's a knowing in us that there must be a different way. This, there's got to be a better way to do this. And that's when we're feeling out of alignment and that voice inside is saying, not this, not this. So listen to that voice and create the changes that you desire. But you have to do that work. It's not for other people to change so that we feel better. And oftentimes the question that comes up too is, well, why does it always have to be me? You know, why am I always the one that has to create the change. Why is it always coming back to me? And you're the one that wants the change. You're the one that feels that misalignment. You're the one who has the knowing that there's got to be another way. And we live in a blame culture as well. And so we want to blame, well, if they would just change, if they would just do it different, um, all would be well. And where there is blame, when we are trying to get others to change, really it's about blame. And where there is blame, there's pain. And you have to ask yourself, what what don't you want to look at? Something within you is craving change. And you know it. And it doesn't feel good. And that feeling may even be fear. Fear that, you know, my children won't turn out okay. And underneath that is that belief of I'm not good enough. And I think our fear is, or at least it was for me, so I'll just speak for myself. The fear was, what if I'm not good enough? And I wasn't conscious about that um, at the time. But I can look back now and realize and understand that the fee, you know, because I used to do this with my ex-husband too. What, you know, you need to do this different. You need to do it this way. Um, and really that was the fear of if my children don't turn out a certain way, then I am not good enough. 
And so I really tried to control that so I wouldn't have to look at that possibility. And, and actually, is this is such a made up possibility because that is not even possible. We are all good enough. But I know that feeling. I know that feeling of not being good enough. And it shows up different areas of our life. But it, it for me anyway, and, and in my experience of working with other parents, it shows up in a gigantic way in parenting. So, and think about it this way. You, so you're trying to, you're giving your partner advice about parenting. Does, have you ever had your mother offer you advice about parenting? I, my mother used to do that in, in, you know, it's different subtle ways um, and sometimes not so subtle. And it really felt awful. I really felt judged. And I used to give my own kids parenting advice. And that was a big mistake. I now understand that. Um, because what we see it as is, oh, I'm not doing this right either. I'm not good enough at this either. And our partners feel that too. So I learned to allow my own children to have their own experiences and their own relationship with their children. I no longer offer them parenting advice, only if it is asked for. So I have... A relationship with their children and they have a relationship with their children and instead of telling them how to parent or how to treat their children I treat them my adult children in the way that I would want them to treat their children and so essentially I became the change and they benefit from that without having to do anything So we can become the change. We can become the generational change that we want to see. And I mess up plenty. This is a messy process. It is not perfect. In fact, it's moving away from that perfectionism mindset, the all or nothing. It's being human, allowing myself to be human, and allowing others to be human and seeing their humanness rather than their mistakes, their mess ups, the the behavior we don't want to see and owning our own triggers. And so when your partner engages with your child in a way that wants you to go and rescue them, that is a trigger. So own that and realize that mm, that trigger is there trying to get your attention to say something from your past is coming up that you haven't acknowledged or processed through yet. And this is yours. This is your work. It's your fears that are being uh, reignited. Um, and when your mother is giving you parenting advice, that comes out of her fear. And you're giving your partner parenting advice or, um, you know, telling them they need to get on, the, on board with you 
is out of your fear. And, and I'm not saying don't have conversations. I mean, certainly have conversations about here's where I'm at in parenting. This is what I'm learning about. And, you know, these are my thoughts of where I want to go with this. And listen to your partner's thoughts and just accept where they're at at this time. You might be in different places, but you can have a conversation about that without it being a win or lose or a right or wrong. It being just here's where I'm at and here's where you're at and just listening to each other. You know, having a dialogue and and listening. And I think so much of this goes back to the fear of what other people are going to think. And, and I know a lot about this fear because I lived this fear for most of my life. Um, I took actions based on what I thought other people were going to think and all these different situations and had to put on all these personas. And it was absolutely exhausting. And that fear of what are other people going to think really is that belief about I'm not good enough. What if I'm not good enough? You know, I need to be a certain way to be good enough. If people see me in a certain way, then I'm good enough. And in order for people to see me as a good parent, my children have to be a certain way, right? In order for my children to be the way I need them to be, my partner needs to be on board and help me in this endeavor. So I'll be seen as and feel good enough. And so we hang our worth on how other people see us. We hang our worth on being a good parent, which means we hang our worth on how our children act, how they are. And it's the same way our parents did. They needed us to be a certain way so they would feel worthy, so they would feel okay. And no one is doing this consciously. It's just a pattern handed down through the generations. And this work is about changing those patterns and understanding that our work doesn't come from anything we do externally. And it certainly doesn't come from other people's view of us. Other people don't get to decide our worth. And you do not get to decide someone else's worth. We are inherently worthy. So the person that needs to see you differently is you. When you see you as worthy, you see others as worthy. And I've heard this too, that, well, I want my partner to be on board because with this type of parenting because I want my child to know their worth. And you don't have to protect your child's worth. 
you do that out of fear. Fear doesn't build self-worth. In fact, it does the opposite. Your child is already worthy. And as you find and understand your own worth, your child and your partner understand their own worth. And it's really a beautiful unfolding. It's messy, yes, but it's also beautiful. And your child will learn how to value their own worth and that of others by the way you have a relationship with them. And yes, your partner may lose their shit on your child. I mean, do you lose your shit on your child? I know I lost my shit a lot. Um, We all lose our shit sometimes on our children. And it's your job to discover what that is that's going on with you. It's not what your child or children or partner are doing or not doing. It's about your stress. Losing our shit is another way of saying, I was triggered. And again, a trigger shows up to alert us that something in our subconscious is trying to get our attention. Maybe it's triggering that belief that I'm not good enough. Maybe it's a belief that children should just listen. My child should just be acting this way or that way, which actually leads back to the belief, I'm not good enough. If they're acting this way, I must not be good enough. Um, And when we don't take care of ourselves in our own inner world, our emotions end up coming out sideways, blaming others for our stress. And really the stress is, I'm not good enough. If you think about what you're stressed about in your life, if you peel back the layers, it always comes back to this, I'm not good enough belief. And the less good we feel, the more stress we feel. And the less we feel in control of our lives. So when our lives feel out of control, we try to control something. And so we try to control our children. And when we can't control children, we try to control our partners. And so they can help us control our children. It's like we want everyone, especially our loved ones, to play the role that we want them to play. It's like playing a movie in our head and we want them to play the part that we've decided they should play. And I know this because I wanted my children and my ex-husband to do the same thing, play the roles that I decided they should play. And maybe your spouse has, or your partner has their own movie, right? And who, in going in their head and who you should play in their movie, and, and now we have opposing roles and it, it just doesn't work. They want you to do this and you want them to do that. And that's why it's so important that we release others from playing the roles that we have picked for them. It's not our job to decide who anyone else should be or how they should be. Our job is to understand ourselves. Our job is to nurture a loving relationship with ourself. So your job is to be connected with you. So really, essentially, your job 
is you. And I'm always reminded about Dr. Brene Brown's um, saying or something she said, and it's, you can only love others to the capacity that you love yourself. And that has been one of the biggest lessons I've learned in this journey of self-discovery. And I didn't believe it at first. In fact, I scoffed at it. Um, But I have learned this to be absolutely true in my life. So when you make your job you, everything else unfolds. So the best way to get your partner on board is to honor where they are at now. And they may not be in the same place in their journey as you are in yours, and that's okay. We're all souls unfolding together. And so ask yourself, what do I want my partner to be on board with? What are the specific behaviors you want your partner to be on board with? And then start the journey of embodying those very behaviors. And you may need help with that. You may need to get some information. You may need to um, seek out resources. And that's what coaching is about. It's helping you align with your truth. So if you are ready to make your job you and make a bigger impact in the world, head over to my website at dianesorensen.net, www.dianesorensen.net. Get on my calendar. Let's have a conversation. And I have hypnotherapy packages available if you want to start there. And you will find those at www.tripleimpact.co forward slash hypno. That's H-Y-P-N-O. www.tripleimpact.co forward slash hypno. And you can get on my calendar there to find more out more about that. Or you can just schedule um, a session. I don't have those on my website yet. Um, so that's where you can find them. And I will put both these links in the show notes. So have a wonderful week and we'll talk again soon. Thank you for tuning into the Beauty and Behavior podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I'm so very grateful for all of you who are showing up here with me because I believe subtle shifts create big impact. How we show up in our life, in our relationships, or our parenting impact our life, our children's lives, and the world. If you're ready to brave the wilderness of your beautiful soul, live life from the inside out, and create the life you want to live, head over to my website at dianesorensen.net and get on my calendar to see if the Beauty and Behavior family is the right fit for you. I got you, and we'll talk again soon.